At First Baptist Church, our mission is to follow our Lord Jesus Christ and to lead all others to a joyful life with Him. Our hope is that you will encounter Jesus Christ in such a way that you will have joyful news to go and tell. Let us turn our attention now to the reverse text for this week. So if you would find in your bulletin, because we're going to read aloud Galatians 4, 21 through 26 together. So if you'd find that and stand with me. This then is the text for today. Tell me, you who want to be under the law, do you not listen to the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by the bondwoman and one by the free woman. But the son by the bondwoman was born according to the flesh and the son by the free woman according to the promise. This is allegorically speaking, for these women are two covenants, one proceeding from Mount Sinai, bearing children who are to be slaves. She is Hagar. Now this Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to the present Jerusalem, for she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem above is free. She is our mother. For it is written, Rejoice, barren woman who does not bear. Break forth and shout, you who are not in labor. For more numerous are the children of the desolate than of one who has a husband. May God bless the reading of his word. Ancestral research can be a wonderfully compelling pursuit. It's like a treasure hunt of your past, finding gems of a family long ago. You, you start digging and digging, and as you do, you can find wonderfully compelling stories of your history. Some people will find royalty hidden in their DNA. Some might find a famous hero of a different era like of the Revolutionary War or something like that. And these kinds of stories from our past bring new life to the historical record that as we read those stories of the past, we find a new connection through our family and through those who were there and lived that which we read and reread. So that as we read those historical accounts, there's a new fascination in us when we know that we have a direct connection to this place or that time or some revolutionary event. You know, as, as you think back through your history and the stories that you've been told of your family and that which you have found in research, I know that but there are many who have wonderful stories to tell of your ancestors and where you came from. Now we have to say too, in the same breath though, I've also heard plenty of stories that are darker than we ever could have imagined. That as you look back through family history and do research of those stories from your past, that there are often family moments 
that are difficult. In times you thought were royal turn out to be ignoble. You know, I've heard a number of different cases that as people use DNA to, to find lineage, testing leads to unknown siblings and untold family secrets so that when you do this kind of research, you never know what you might find. And in fact, you, you have to be ready for anything when it comes down to this kind of mining of your family history. But it's good to do this. These are wonderful things for you to, to search through these records. It's a blessing to know the connections and, and even the darkest of connections because it's only when they're known that the light can begin to shine through and on those dark secrets. You know, th this is one of the reasons that when you begin the New Testament, if you turn to the very first page of the New Testament, you come to the first gospel, Matthew 1, 1, how does the New Testament begin? The New Testament begins in a genealogy, name after name for 17 verses. And you, you have to wonder, God, why would you do such a thing? Why, when you're getting to the gospel record of Jesus Christ our Lord, would you begin with something so dull as a list of names? And many of these names people cannot pronounce and don't know what to do with. God, why would you begin the New Testament in such a way? So you get to Matthew 1, 1, the record of the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Those names that begin to unfold in the page, we, we see as we read them, the stories of the Old Testament begin to come to life in a new and personal way. Right, in, in reality, this is brilliant. That God, as the Gospel of Matthew is being penned, tells most of the entire story of the Old Testament in 17 verses and does so in a personal way with name after name. And this, this brilliance is just a, another reminder of why God is in charge and we are not. As you come down through gene, Jesus' genealogy, you read about Abraham and David, right? spiritual father, and the kingly rule. But you also read about Bathsheba and Rahab, Hezekiah and Josiah. E eventually you, you get to Joseph, right, the husband of Mary, who happened to be Jesus' adoptive father because Jesus' true father was in heaven. Ultimately, Jesus was not in the line of Abraham, but Abraham was in the line of Jesus. Now, when it comes to your own ancestry, there are all kinds of ways that, that we shape that through the mother's side, the father's side. But you'll often hear people say that at some point along the way, the, the records just go dark. And you, you don't know anything further. 
And then you'll, you'll hear a lot of believers say something along the lines of, well, then the lineage goes back to Noah, right, after the flood. Or, or the lineage goes back to Adam and Eve, Genesis 1 and 2. And on some level, those things are true, right? On some physical, temporal level, that, that is what we know. Amen. But, but here... Paul is, is, is writing to the Galatians in Galatians chapter 4 to, to make a, a specific defense of the gospel of Jesus Christ because there's some false teachers in Galatia who, who are doing some things with these scriptures that are inappropriate and, and lead down paths that we don't need to go on. So when, when they were teaching about Jesus and who Jesus was, and as they were, they were teaching about the gospel of Jesus Christ, and they, they were talking about the, the church and our new lives in Jesus, they, they were moving beyond Jesus and said, well, you, you need to be Jewish to be Christian, right? You needed a Jewish family. You needed a Jewish heritage. And to be closest to God, your, your bloodline mattered. Your great-grandfather mattered. Your great-great-grandfather mattered. Your great-great-great-grandfather mattered. And that to be right with God, your parents and your grandparents, they mattered in that lineage. And if you weren't lucky enough to be Jewish, then you must take up Jewish customs to find favor with God. Things like we've read about in Galatians that all the males must be circumcised, you have to follow kosher food laws, those kinds of things. And those false teachers were saying to have a right relationship with God, to know salvation and God's mercy, if you weren't in the right bloodline, then your best hope was to take up those customs. It was all a ridiculous expectation that does not line up with the scriptures. That wasn't the purpose of those things. And so then, in Galatians 4, the Apostle Paul uses the story of Sarah and Hagar to bring us to the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we need a brief synopsis of that. We, we see this in, in Genesis kind of 16 and, and 21 and, and things in between there. But the brief synopsis is this, that round about the time Abraham was 75 or so, a little bit older, God told him that he and his wife were going to have a child. And so they, they longed for a child and they waited on a child. They waited over a decade and there was no child. And you think oh, over a decade is a certain kind of patience and they were looking up to God and saying, God, there is no child. Why is there no child? And so Abraham and Sarah in their conversation with one another said, well, maybe we need to take things in our own hands. Maybe we need to figure this out for ourselves. God said we were gonna have a child. There hasn't been a child, so, so let's do something. And so they, they rushed ahead, and Abraham and Sarah decided that he would have a child with their slave, Hagar. And so he has a child with her, Ishmael. And so Ishmael was born out of impatience, Ishmael was born out of human effort. Ishmael was born out of earthly decision-making. God, God was not consulted in any of this. Abraham and Sarah decided on their own, this is what needed to happen. And out of their own hands and their own effort, Ishmael was born. 
And God revealed to them that he had a different way. There was another way that was God's intention that would still come about. That they hadn't trusted him. That, that, that a child was still coming. In fact, one day when Sarah's 90 or so and Abraham's 100, they, they have a child and they, they laugh. It's a Sarah laughed to have a child in her 90s. And in that way, Isaac was born. Isaac was born of God's power. Isaac was born of God's timing. Isaac was born of heaven and heavenly planning, not of Abraham and their planning. And so as you, as, you, as you see these two stories, it, it comes, this is what, what Paul tells us in, in Galatians. I'm not talking about physical bloodlines. I'm not talking about DNA here, but there is a spiritual way forward and there is a spiritual lineage that all of us fall into and, and we have to recognize where we are. It's one or the other. We are in the lineage of Ishmael or we are in the lineage of Isaac. It's one or the other. You see, you have these two stories, a, a physical story and a spiritual story. You have a, a story of, of bloodline and a story of heart. You have Ishmael, a child of slavery, born of human effort. And then you have Isaac, a child of promise, a child of God's ways and his miraculous work. See, these false teachers in Galatia were teaching that the actual descendants and the actual bloodline of, of Abraham is what mattered. That people were right or righteous or in salvation by God based on their parents, their grandparents, their great-grandparents, all the way back to Abraham. They were looking at it from a physical standpoint, a blood standpoint, a DNA standpoint. The, the truth found in this text, though, is that when it comes to your salvation, and when it comes to your relationship with God and whether or not you are at peace with God or whether or not you are in a right relationship with God, it has, your great, great, great grandfather has nothing to do with it. See, but, but we have this connection and there is a, a spiritual lineage of whether or not you're of Isaac or you're of Ishmael and that's what matters. Your spiritual lineage, one or the other, who is it and where are you? You're either a child of the promise or a child of slavery. It's nothing to do with DNA but the adoptive nature of God. See, when you think about this from a spirit, not from a physical standpoint, but from a spiritual standpoint, you, you have these, these two lineages and those who fall in the lineage of Ishmael, they're, they're not right with God. Children in the line of Isaac are right with God. And so how do I determine? Am I, am I of, of Ishmael or of, of Isaac? What, what is my, my family spiritual history? Where, what lineage do I claim? And we have to be clear about this, and the gospel is clear about this. Ultimately, the answer is between you and God. And, and this, is, this is about who you are in your relationship with God and who he is to you. But there's some, there's some markers along the way that help us know the difference between the two. Am I of Ishmael or am I of Isaac? And so we have to dig. 
And, and you're not digging through records like you do when you're working through ancestry. But what you have to do is you have to, to dig into your heart about what you believe and what is produced. In fact, that, that's, that's how we know the difference is, is what you find when you dig into your heart, what, what happens when the Spirit of God comes in here and begins to shape your heart, what, what happens in those moments? So there's a couple of questions we ask about belief that, that helps, helps us discern. So, so one of those is, is what, what we believe about God. Right, so do, do you believe that God was the creator of the universe? Do, do you believe that, that God is the sustainer and owner of all of it, even still, that all of that which we have is God's and of God's? Anything we've been given, we've been given to steward as God's children. Do you believe this, that God created, that God sustained? Now, to be clear, all of Isaac's descendants believe this, but still, some of Ishmael's descendants believe this too. And so we've got to, we've got to narrow it down a little further, and this is what Galatians helps us do. Galatians helps us narrow it down further, and so, so we ask another question, what do you believe about the crucifixion of Jesus Christ? Do you believe it happened? Do, do you believe that Jesus deserved it? Did Jesus deserve to die a criminal's death? Or did you deserve to die a criminal's death? In, in Galatians, when we talk about the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, what it comes down to is do you trust in your own effort at righteousness or do you trust in the crucifixion of Jesus Christ and that's where righteousness is found? Is righteousness found in Jesus' effort or is righteousness found in your effort? See, that's a, that's a distinguishing mark. If, if my effort can save me, I, I'm falling into that, that Hagar, Ishmael line of thinking that, that I need to, to work harder and I need to do more and I can make myself right with God. And, and so many believe and practice in that way that, that if I can do good enough, God will accept me. But those of the spiritual lineage of Isaac know that is not true. That, that my good and my effort has never been enough and will never be enough. The effort that matters is the effort of Jesus Christ on the cross. And that's the only accomplishment that matters in and for my salvation. So what do you believe? about the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. So those are some of the questions we, we start to differentiate, right, am I of the spiritual lineage of Ishmael or am I the spiritual lineage of Isaac? Now there's something else later that happens in Galatians that, that we see that as a, as a child of God, the scripture teaches the spirit of God comes into our life and the spirit of God begins to re reshape our lives in some very clear ways. And this is another one of those things. Have you seen this evidence? And if you see this evidence in your life, then you start to see the spiritual lineage of Isaac. But if it's not there, we, we start to, to see the spiritual lineage of Ishmael. And so let's talk about some of the differences because in Galatians 5, it talks about it in these two ways. that The deeds of the flesh 
which fall into that spiritual lineage of Ishmael or the deeds or the, the fruit of the spirit, which is of Isaac. So deeds of the flesh on the Ishmael side. It's a, it's a total dependence on your effort. Ishmael's lineage says, I'm going to take care of me and mine. See, that son was born out of Abraham saying he was gonna take care of things himself. God was too slow and Abraham went out on his own. Say this too, often Ishmael and those spiritual children don't really care about spiritual things or God, but when they do, it's about the rules. They want a list of rules to enforce, and, and not on themselves, they want a list of rules to enforce onto others. These, these descendants are often characterized by deeds of the flesh, Maybe five in Galatians five, and, and this is how those deeds of the flesh are, are, are um, described. It's something like this. It's, it's, it's sexual sins, like adultery, but really any sexual sin, any kind of perversity there. Um, sexual sins in, involving flaunting that publicly. You, you see those things listed. I also say under Ishmael, you, you'll see things like dividing people, when you like to divide groups, when you like to argue, that, that's the way of Ishmael. Um, when, when you're filled with outbursts of anger, jealousy, drunkenness, when, when you worship other things, when you, when you worship things like money, people who, who indulge their appetites and they always go overboard indulging their appetites as much as they possibly can. These are kinds of things, these are characteristics that, that fall under sons of Ishmael. And you need to know this too, that practically all of us, everybody starts there. But by the grace of God, the, the Spirit comes. And of the line of Isaac, you, you begin to see the fruit of the Spirit. And this is one of the evidences of God's work in your life is, is when you start to see the fruit of the Spirit where those other things used to be, right? And so your heart begins to change and in, instead of clinging to sexual sin or instead of worshiping money, you start to see those things dissipate, right? The, the, the wrath starts to dissipate. And, and, and in, their, in that place, the Holy Spirit produces Love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and, and gentleness and self-control. And, and, and you see the, the Holy Spirit slowly starts to work this in your life so that in places and times where you weren't kind before, now you see kindness show up in you. This is, this is the Spirit of God working in you. And in and, and a place, in a time where you've never had self-control before, self-control starts to show up. That's, that's the spirit of God moving. Where, where once there was no joy, now joy starts to bubble up. Not because the circumstances changed, but because the spirit of God has come into your life. Th this is what it, it means. These are evidences of the line of Isaac. Are you of the spiritual house of Isaac? Is the spirit of God moving in you in this way? Are, are you seeing new peace in your heart? Is there gentleness that you've never found before? This is the Spirit of God moving. 
And as the Spirit of God works and transforms your heart, those things begin to multiply. And all those deeds of the flesh begin to fade away. And so when we ask ourselves, am, am I of the line of Ishmael or am I of the line of Isaac? You know, these are some of the things that we ask and we look for. What, what do you believe about God? Is he the creator? What do you believe about the crucifixion? What, was the, that what mattered for salvation? Do, do you see evidence that the spirit of God is working on your heart? Is he transforming you? And if you have question about any of that, to get on your knees and ask God to reveal himself. To say, God, show me the way forward. To get on your knees and, and say, Father, forgive me where I failed by the body and blood of Jesus Christ and show me this way forward. You know, these false teachers in Galatia were saying the way of Isaac is closed. But it's not. The body and blood of Jesus Christ opened it to every one of us. And so that's what we proclaim. That's what we boast in. The crucifixion of Jesus Christ our Lord. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for this time. And Lord, we pray for the, the times and ways that we failed like Abraham failed. Lord, we ask for your forgiveness when we rush ahead of you. Lord, we ask for your forgiveness when we do things with good intentions that weren't meant to be. Lord, we, we ask you for your forgiveness because so many times we have charted our own course. So many times we have made our own way and we failed to listen to you. Lord, forgive us. Lord, we pray that for all of the times that we have been impatient as a church, as individuals, Lord, for the ways that we have messed this up, Lord, we pray that you would forgive us and make it right. Lord, show us your mercy. that we might live in the joy and the freedom of your forgiveness. It's in the name of our Lord and risen Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.